Lax 904 presents This Week in North Florida Lacrosse. Brought to you by First Coast Crush Lacrosse, Cantina Louie, Derek Prince Realtor, and M Shack on 1010XL. Now here's your host, Ray Carnicelli. and welcome to This Week in Lax 904. I am Ray Carnicelli, joined by Chris Milo. What a busy week of lacrosse. We had Jacksonville in action. We had Flagler in action. UNF, the old man armadillos, and then Oof. lacrosse all over the country that we'll catch you up on. If you have any questions or comments, I encourage you to give us a call at 904-641-1010. Text us at 904-641-1010. Give us your questions and comments. We'd love your calls. We need your calls. Chris, crazy week of lacrosse. High school is in full swing. Uh, so how did your old man armadillos do down in, where were you, Tampa, Clearwater, somewhere out uh, there? We were down in St. Pete. Uh, we lost both games traveling with 12 guys, especially me. I haven't played in 10 months. My knee held up, though, so I'm, I'm happy about that, but the rest of my body's not feeling good. Well, I was out at JU yesterday. It was a fun game, beautiful day. Jacksonville defeated Marist 13-5, to so that we'll talk about that. We're going to have Coach Galloway on after the first break to uh, recap the game and talk about what's ahead. Uh, then last night, I went down to St. Augustine, and Flagler lost to the number 18-ranked Florida Tech by a score of 10-6. to And the interesting thing about that game was uh, – Flagler was up six to three at half. Oh, a little against bit of a, a ranked break. team. Yeah, a little bit of a breakdown in the second half. Yeah, they uh, they were outscored seven to zero in the second half. So we'll talk more about that game. But you know, last year I think they lost by over ten goals to yes. Florida Tech, mm-hmm. maybe even more, like more than that. And I called before the game. I called it a measuring stick game, uh, just to give. Flagler, an idea of how far they've come because Florida Tech is really good. Um, they had a pretty close game with defending national champs Tampa, and so they're one and one now as Florida Tech. But Flagler battled. Flagler had their chances in that game. The turnover bug bit them and bit them hard, and they ran into a hot goalie in the second half. Or else, uh, you know, that was a game that they really. I, I bet you, Coach Duncan feels like they should have won that game. So it was a, a double dip for me yesterday, doing the play-by-play for Jacksonville and Marist, and then uh, calling Flagler versus Florida Tech. Interesting thing, it was packed in St. Augustine, by the way. Um, like I, I pulled up you know, over a half an hour before the game, and the parking lot's packed. There's food trucks, people tailgating. I had to park a mile away, which you know how I was pretty thrilled with that. Uh, you called me huffing and puffing. Uh, don't tell the secrets. Um <laughs> Yeah, so it, it was a good time. Uh, that that scene down there in those night games, and this time they had a couple of food trucks in the tailgate, and it was wild. The field was lined. I sent out a couple of videos, just wall-to-wall people. So good scene. Uh, you know, F- Flagler, they're going to win way more games than they won last year. Um, you know, it's just they're, they're, they play a tough schedule. They played uh, Tampa midweek and, you know, lost that game pretty badly, but they're they're getting better every every week. Yeah, and and then they play against Lynn Rollins, Mount Olive, St. Leo. That is a extremely tough schedule, but I think Coach Duncan's doing that on purpose. You know, battle tested before you go into the Peach Belt Conference, and 
and hopefully he comes out with uh, undefeated in that conference. So I got a chance to look at two high school games this past week. Uh, and it, I'm going to tell another secret. Coach Applegate and I decided we were going to go watch a game the other night, mm-hmm. and he said, well, do you, do you want to go watch Bowles play? And I was like, okay. So I went and picked him up. We drove to Bowles, and we got there, and we see a bunch of track people on the field. Turns out the game was away, and I, I just I didn't pay attention. Coach Applegate said, let's go to Bowles. So we get there, and uh, it was an away game. They they were playing away. Yeah, and it's not like it's uh, close to Bowles. I mean, no. going, going from the beach all the way over to um, uh, San Jose Boulevard is, yeah, it takes a little while. So we ended up detouring and going out to Fletcher High School. Uh, it was St. Augustine at Fletcher. And it was we got, we got to see a decent amount of that, some good talent out there. Uh, just as importantly, we had a chance to catch up with Coach Dan McAuliffe Rhino afterwards, uh, somebody who's integral to the growth of lacrosse in North Florida. It was a good conversation we had with him. He was excited about having 50 guys try out for that Fletcher team. You know, they've struggled with numbers. It's tough, unable to get JV programs in Duval County right now. Uh, So I think they have 35 to 40 guys Mm -hmm. on the varsity roster. And St. Augustine looked tough as well. They've got some really, really strong players. Mead, for one. Is is back? Uh, so we and got Saint, a, Saint Augustine and ended up winning that game eight to four. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And then the following night, went out to watch Ponte Vedra and Nice, and really impressed with both teams. You know, I had high expectations for Ponte Vedra, and you know, Cannon Houseman. I think he had five or six goals he in the game. Five, yeah. five goals, and he's so fast. He just mm-hmm. runs by people, and he shoots on the run full speed. He's got a little swagger to him as well. And then the freshman. Uh, J.P. Dolan, mm-hmm. uh, I think he had four goals. Yeah, you know, I saw him in the line drills, and I didn't know who he was. Just saw big number fifty out there. Didn't know he was a freshman. He looked looked a, not real smooth. You know, he looked like a freshman. Um, stick skills, and then you look at his athleticism and the yeah. legs on that kid, and the power and the confidence he plays with. So, you know, Potavidra is going to be tough. Uh, that defense is really strong. The the Kemp boys were running all over the place. Parlette. Uh, obviously, um, Lowry, Luke mm-hmm. Lowry. So, and then Jack P uh, gave way late in the game uh, to the backup, but Jack P had a strong game as well. But really impressed with Nice, and they play Bulls this week. We're gonna have Coach West on a little later in the show to talk about a couple of games that they've played so far in this big week ahead for them. They've got Nice and then Pope, and that Pope game is a game that we'll be calling on 1010XL on uh, I think it's Thursday night, the 23rd. Yeah, Bulls plays Nice uh, at 5.30 p.m. on 2.21. So, so it's early be... in the season. I've, I've only seen four teams play, but I've seen some of the results. And we, we, the question everyone wants to know is they, they've asked me, I used to post rankings, mm-hmm. and it's a little too early for that right now. But I think Bulls and Pontevedra are 1 and 1A. Um, they don't play, so we won't, won't ever know. Uh, but – I have a feeling that Nice might end up being number three. That's kind of been the question. Who's the number three team? And after watching them play, I don't know. We'll we'll see Creekside. We'll see. I've seen St. Augustine. Obviously, Bartram and uh, you know Episcopal, and I'm not sure who else might well, might have a chance. Fleming Island got beat up by Nice pretty badly. I I had a conversation with one of the local coaches. I won't mention who it was, but uh, we had pretty extensive conversation and and he came to that same uh conclusion that it's pretty much Pontevedra and Bowles one and two whoever you kind of want to put up there and he said that he's thinking that Nice is looking like 
uh, number three. Now, I haven't seen Creekside yet, but um, after what I saw the other night with them playing against Ponte Vedra, uh, it's, they're making a strong case for that number three in North Florida. Well, that game against Bowles on Tuesday, I saw Coach Gorowski at the JU game yesterday, and I mentioned to him, I said, you guys look pretty good. A lot of, a lot of athletes and lacrosse players out there. I was really surprised. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be. I just, you know, it's hard to see all these teams play. And, I, you know, I said, I, I think you guys might be number three, and he kind of took offense. He said, well, who's number one and two? And I, I like that. And, you know, Max, um, that's, his, that's his mindset, and he's got something to prove come Tuesday against Bowles. He started asking me about Bowles players and – you know, wanting a, any type of scout, and I obviously haven't seen Bowles play yet, but uh, it's going to be a fun one. I, I, I plan on getting out there. I think it's an early game. I'm going to double and tr- check and then triple check the location and time. I'm not going to leave it up to Coach Applegate. <laughs> uh, so just a couple of other scores before we take our first break and come back with Coach Galloway. So UNF over in Alabama uh, yesterday, they defeated Texas A&M 17-8, and they defeated Dallas Baptist by a score of, I think it was 15-4. to four. So a couple of nice wins for Swoop Nation. Um, once again, we're going to go ahead and take a break. But before we do so, I just want to thank our sponsors again. Derek Prince, Realtor, Cantina Louie, First Coast Crush Lacrosse, and the M Shack. I also want to uh, encourage everybody, we'll talk a little bit more about the Hoodoo Gurus live at River City Railway on Feb- Friday, April 28th. But we're going to go ahead and take our first break. You're listening to This Week in Lax 904 on 1010XL. Keep your head on a swivel. It's This Week in North Florida Lacrosse with Ray Carnicelli on 1010XL. Welcome back to This Week in Lax 904. Ray Carnicelli and Chris Milo here. Just a couple of high school scores from, I mentioned that Fletcher. Uh, versus St. Augustine score with St. Augustine winning 8-4. Ponte Vedra 13, Nice 7. As I mentioned, Nice uh, Nice impressed me and can't wait to see Nice and Bulls on Tuesday. Bulls defeated a tough Cardinal Mooney team 12-9, and Coach West is going to join us and talk about some of those performances. Providence 13, Episcopal 7, and we'll go through some uh, score other scores. Ponte Vedra 8, excuse me, lost in overtime to Lake Mary 9-8 last night. But we want to welcome on our, oh, excuse me, uh, Bowles also defeated Bishop Moore 11-5. to And, Chris, how did your JV team do? Uh, we beat uh, the Bowles Vidra. JV team 11-4, uh, to or 11 to 4, and then we beat the uh, Nice team 13-6. to 6. So okay. pretty, good, pretty good offense so far from uh, my JV team. Couple of Division One scores of note: Manhattan six, Navy five. That was a shocker. Uh, I already texted Garrett Luker about that losing to the Jaspers for for Navy. <laughs> that one was shocking. Loyola thirteen, Johns Hopkins eight, Penn nine, Georgetown seven, and football score for UVA twenty five and Harvard twenty one. But the most important game yesterday was Jacksonville 13, Marist 5, and we'd like to welcome on the head coach of the JU Dolphins, Coach John Galloway. Coach, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, Ray. Thanks for having me, man. It was a great scene out there at JU, as always, yesterday. Uh, Before the game, we kind of suspected that some some guys might get their first goals of their career, and I think both Nikki Brown and Gavin Angel did. Dylan Watson 
does what Dylan Watson does and had four goals. And, you know, Luke Milliken and, and Jason Yoquinto were the stars in my mind. And you know this as well as anybody, Coach. There's no, no such thing as an easy save. Luke made a ton of saves. But also, the defense did a really good job of uh, forcing Mariston to some unfavorable shots. Yeah, well said. And you know, Ray, as a goalie, that there's, that there's you know, no shot is equal. And, and I was very disappointed and frustrated with our, our state of the team at halftime because we relied on so many saves. But, you know, Luke did a good job and, uh, you know, kind of having great poise and calming me down and saying, Coach, you know, these are the, these are the shots we want to give up. And, and I'm seeing it. And, you know, when you have your goalies talk that way and the defense hear them talk about them that way, uh, it gives you a lot of confidence. And I thought our defense, that personally and, and certainly locked in in the second half and you know we only had to make five saves in the second half so uh, I was I was more happy than anything to see us improve as the game went on. The short stick defensive middies are so impressive for your team not just playing tight one-on-one defense causing some turnovers and you know Zach Deacon is he's he's always been a great player but he's playing with so much confidence after that Hopkins game the last two games he just seems like a man possessed can you talk about the short sticks and Zach yeah, I'd be honored. And, you know, I kind of got after Zach at halftime, and I think it was a little bit of a, you know, giving it back to me in the second half with how well he played. And, um, you know, he is, he is such the heart and soul of our team with, with that fifth-year class. And uh, I was so happy to see, you know, to have a stat line of three cause turnovers and six ground balls, and he's really only out there for about 40% of the game. I mean, it's, it's pretty special. And, um, you know, they're, they're coupled with Tucker Garrity and Bryce Bryce Wanovich, who to me are maybe our best cover guys. And then, you know, we, we played a guy, a freshman in Braden Harrison yesterday, who saw his first game experience, and Tucker Denault, who has stepped up with the, with the absence of Cole Danager. And uh, that unit just gives us a lot of confidence because we know that's where teams want to initiate their offense. And, you know, when those guys put their hands on somebody early on in a possession, it's very much a tone setter. And I think it allows everybody to take a deep breath. Coach, getting back to the goalie play, you know, Luke Milliken does so many little things. I was up in the stands calling the game. I could hear Luke. I could hear what he was instructing the defense. And, I, you know, I always love talking to the, the team, and, and, and it makes such a difference when you have a commanding goalie. But the little things he does, he intercepted that pass. It, it was later in the game. Uh, and it, also just the way he clears the ball – there were times where it looks like he's going to make a pass through a stick and you you feel like, uh-oh. And then the next thing you know, he pulls it back and readjusts his angle and he looked like uh, Galloway in the clearing game. Talk to me about Luke's poise and uh, his ability to lead, not just stopping the ball. Yeah, I think that's been our biggest growth on defense is just our, A, our nonverbal communication, uh, but B, our, our just our gelling, our gelling as a unit, our understanding of what we want. And I think Luke is, is confident and demanding there. I think he you know, he allows our guys to, to feel comfortable in the game plan because he's, you know, affirming it on the field. And uh, the clearing game has really been fun to watch for us. I mean, to be 100% yesterday, uh, we're over 90% on the year. A lot of that has to do with our short six. I think our guys do a great job of demanding the ball. A lot of it also has to do with Millie making clean saves and allowing us to get out before the ride is set up. So uh, that's a big part of the game. You know, when you're not facing off well, you have to you know, clean up certain areas. And one of them for us has been, uh, our, our efficiency in the clearing game. And Jason Yokinto, Maris was one of five on um, man up, and Yokinto, they had him down for three saves. It might have been three or four, but high quality saves. That kid should get an asterisk next to his save percentage uh, being in there for, for just man down. 
And what a lift he brings to the team when he makes those huge uh, man down saves. Yeah, I mean, Jason would start on a lot of teams, and you know, it's it's someday down the road we're going to look back and talk about the, these teams and and talk about the impact emotionally that Jason has because of the the jolt he he gives us when he comes in on man down. And um, you know, Dylan Lawson said to me at halftime you know, he scored a couple goals, and then at halftime during our our drill he's got to shoot on Jason. He said all of a sudden the net looks so small, and it, it's that's the impact that Jason has, and that's why he's so good in those scenarios. I mean, he stole some for us and. And he's gotten better in the clearing game as well. It's not easy to, to clear the man down. I think Jason's been really commanding in that area. And um, we just have two guys that are mature. Uh, they, they respect each other, which is really important. And you feel confident when Jason goes in that he's going to make a play. You see the growth of the young guys. Gavin Angel, was that, I think that was his first goal. It might have been Nicky Brown's first goal. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Both of those guys got their first. And, and I know they've, they've you know, had their opportunities, but it was nice to see the net shake for them finally. Is is Nicky? Uh, is he a midfielder and attackman? He's he's kind of a. What do we need? You know, he's yeah. he's kind of served that purpose, and you know, he's from Boys Latin. He's such a smart player, and I think he gives us really good minutes at the attack when he subs in and gives those guys a breath. What surprised you yesterday, either positively or negatively? Yeah, I think you know, uh, positively, I, I I'm really really so proud of Troy Hedinger. I mean, again, the stat line has nothing. And that might be the most impressive stat line in the game. I think Jameson Embury is one of the better attackmen in the country. He's big, he's strong, he's old, he's confident. He scored a lot of goals. And Troy Hedinger blanketed him. And, you know, to do that at that position with as many possessions as they had, really, really impressive. Uh, disappointed, obviously, with just the, the amount of goals that we had. I thought we had more opportunities that, that we could have canned. And you know, I, I thought this was a game that we could kind of open it up a little bit. So to finish the scoreboard with only 13, I, I think uh, us as an offense are a little bit disappointed with just the amount of, of quality shots that we did get that we didn't put away. So uh, we're going to look at our shot charts today and you know, kind of analyze what we get better at. And the beauty of a bye week is we get to self-scout and be really critical of ourselves over the next 13 days. Getting back to the bye week, it's, it always seems like the, the timing of weeks off, like in the NFL, everyone wants to see when the bye week comes. But for you, it seems like a, a good time. Uh, breaking up the non-conference a little bit, you guys are a little bit banged up, guys getting healthy. How important is it is this bye week for you, getting ready for the rivalry game with High Point and then uh, closing out the out-of-conference schedule? Yeah, I would say I would say a little banged up is a nice way to put it. Uh, we are uh, we are very lucky and thankful, and I wish I could say that I did this on purpose, but uh, very very lucky to feel like we we have a week off here where you know we can really develop some guys that that might have opportunities, but also give some guys some rest and, and get some guys healthy. And um, you know, if you had told me the amount of guys and, and the, t- the type of players that we have out right now wouldn't be with us and we'd be two and one, uh, I would take that any day. And I've again been proud of how some of the next players have, have, you know, made up for some of those voids. But, you know, we're going to use this week to get healthy to hopefully get some guys back and, you know, give us a chance to see what this lineup really could look like. And, you know, we've had a really dumbed down practices uh, because of these injuries and, and making sure that, you know, we are getting through to Saturday with enough bodies. And uh, for us, that's going to be a huge focus of the next 13 days is skill development, uh, self-scout, uh, but the ability to, to get as healthy as we can going into March. You, Milo asked me this morning if how how the uh, attack for Marist fared. You know they're big time goal scorers, and and I mentioned that Heed, Hedinger, and Smith happened. Those guys played great. Really, uh, really excited about the way that close defense is playing. 
Coach, we'll let, we'll let you go and enjoy your week off. We'll give you next Sunday off as well, and can't wait to catch up with you and the team in Charlotte. Yeah, thanks, Ray. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys soon. All right, that was Coach John Galloway of the JU Dolphins. Chris, that, that was an impressive performance. As you mentioned, uh, there wasn't a lot of possessions. Marist won 16 of 21 faceoffs, mm-hmm. and Milliken was the difference. Well, and, that, and that's good to see. Obviously, we talked about the defense, and I'm, I'm excited about that. But how is the uh, the Marist fans? Oh, they were they were as you would expect. It was so funny. Early in the game, I was up in the stands at the top, and all the Marist fans were up there. The dads wasn't broadcasting yet because of some technical difficulties, and the fans were just they were getting ready to have strokes when Jacksonville it was it was one to one or two to one. I can't remember. And I I was cheering. I was like, Yeah, Luke, way to go, Luke. And then they scored, Maris scored, and one of the dads turns around and looks at me and he says, sit down, Luke. And uh, so a little while later, I can't help myself sometimes, Chris. I just, I, I do my best. But I said, I said out loud that they could hear me. I said, God, I remember when Maris used to be good at lacrosse. Oh, and they were blowing their tops. And then, um, and then Jacksonville started pulling away and I was calling the game and they could hear all of my play-by-play. And uh, then during a break, I was rushing to the restroom and one of the dads goes, you're not half bad at that. Uh, it's like that's kind of a compliment, I think. A backhanded so, compliment, right? Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna go ahead and um, you know just want to thank our sponsors once again: Derek Prince Realtor, Cantina Louie, First Coast Crush Lacrosse, and we've got the Milo boys in here: uh, Leonardo and Michelangelo, or is it Dante and Rocco? Uh, and quick question for you: uh, What's your favorite thing to eat at the M Shack? Um, my favorite thing is to eat the burgers and fries. Uh, I would, I would say the, uh, burgers. They're always the best. Your dad likes the Sunrise Burgers, so love the M Shack. Love all of our sponsors. We're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of high school lacrosse. And if you have a text, give us a shout on the text line at 904-641-1010. Now more of the fastest game on two feet with This Week in North Florida Lacrosse on 1010XL. Welcome back to This Week in LAX 904. Ray Carnicelli and Christopher Milo. I want to thank Coach John Galloway for talking with us this morning after that win against Marist. Chris, it's, it's, we, don't, we don't go through and you know, mention every aspect of the game. It's up there. You can go back and watch it. It's on the JU website. But Dylan Watson's four goals, everyone has, had been asking coming into this game, where's Dylan Watson? Uh, because he's such a prolific scorer. Uh, Brandon Galloway had two goals. Wanovich had another goal. Intriari had a goal. Jack Taylor had a goal. Brendan McKenna had a beauty. Griner, Nikki Brown, and Gavin Angel. But back to the Watson thing. As those middies emerge, it's going to open up the attack. And just wait till Waldbaum comes back. I, I asked Coach Galloway pregame, is uh, Max Waldbaum dressing? And he said, yes, he's going to have khakis and a polo on. <laughs> it's like, okay, coach, I'd expect something like that from me, not from you. But uh, this this team is going to be really exciting in, a, in another few weeks. Yeah, I, I've had tons of people ask, like, what's going on with Dylan Watson? Why is he not scoring seven goals a game? It's because they're face guarding him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's, you know, Tawaraton watch list guy, and, and everybody's going to – you know, just focus on him, and that's why we've seen goals from so many other players. But like you said, I think as everything else kind of opens up as the season goes on, we're going to see more three, four, or five goals from uh, Dylan Watson a game. Well, we want to pivot to some high school talk, 
and we're going to welcome onto the air the head coach of the 2-0 and Bulls Bulldogs, Coach Tom West. Coach, how you doing this morning? Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for joining us. So the, the season's started. You had a nice win down in Sarasota. I'm not sure where that game was. Yeah, uh, neutral site game, 12-9. Uh, yeah, we played in Orlando, yeah. Okay, yeah. Get, uh, Coach Applegate took me to Bowls that night. From now on, I'm going to ask you and not leave it up to Applegate. But You, you can't ask Applegate for yeah. directions or anything like that. Yeah, anything, that. except for maybe a food recommendation. <laughs> chicken wings. Uh, <laughs> best chicken wings. Yeah. Then Bulls uh, 11, Bishop Moore 5. So two nice wins. Those are some uh, pretty established programs right there. Talk to me about the early start of the season and then this fun and exciting week coming up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we have some injuries, you know, as people know. So um, that's always hard at the beginning of the season to kind of deal with. And then um, our preseason got rained out, and um, I think that really hurt us just being prepared for game number one. So a lot of those problems or issues or challenges or holes um, that you expose in those scrimmages, we, we, we kind of have to do it on the fly in our first game, um, which I didn't really want to do against a really good Cardinal Mooney team. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty loaded this year. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we made a lot of mistakes, and we played really hard, and uh, we worked through some things, saw some great things, saw some bad things. Uh, and now we just need some practice time to kind of fix it all, you know? So you had mentioned uh, injuries. If you don't mind saying, is, are you pretty banged up? Who, who are you missing? Um, well, two of our two of our top middies are out, and um, our start our starting goalies out. So um, you know it's hard it's hard to compete with um, you know some some pieces like that that are missing. But boys are stepping up, and you know there's there's um, you know next man up, and guys are playing great, and guys are playing for each other. So it's actually I think making us stronger for down the road. This week uh, you've got Nice uh, on let's see on Tuesday, Pope on Thursday and golf breeze on Friday. Uh, that's a pretty busy week. And, you know, Nice, Chris and I were talking earlier, they're, uh, they're a little sneaky good right now. Tell me your thoughts on this game at Nice, and then we'll get into the Pope game that we'll be broadcasting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, first off, Max, when I was at- uh, Breaking up a little there, Tom. Last year, can you hear me? Guys? I can hear you now, yep. Hello? Yep. So, um, you know, when, when, when I was at PV, we had some crazy battles against Nice. And um, last year, our, our Bulls-Nice game was, was close and, and intense and great. Um, he does a great job. They're going to be ready. And they've got a lot of athletes. Um, so I think it's, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. In, in terms of Pope, I know that they're one of the top teams in Georgia. What, what can you tell us about uh, the team from Marietta, Georgia? Uh, yeah, really well coached. Um, they've got a lot of athletes, a lot of blue collar athletes, uh, and um, you know they have a good attack. They have a good midfield. I think their defense is a little uh, young this year, which is good for us. Um, you know, our, our defense is is pretty young as well. So I uh, no, I think it's going to be a tough week. We can go in three. <laughs> you know, it's um, that's what you want. Um, we want to be battle tested, and and you know we want to make sure that we're prepared um, if, we're, if we're lucky enough to make it to the playoffs that we can compete in the playoffs in May. How have the faceoffs been for you this year? Because I know that's been a strength in the past. Solid. Um, you know, Greer is actually, um, you know, in ninth grade now. So that's, you know, that's uh, he's just physically stronger. Um, and, um, you know, it's nice to know that you're going to, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty solid on your faceoffs and you're going to get the ball a lot after you score a goal or after you get scored on. So um, I'm pretty confident in that area and our faceoff game is pretty strong. 
Who are some of the guys that will be filling up the nets? Uh, again, we don't need to talk about injuries, but just overall throughout the season, who are some of the key players and new additions? Yeah, we've got a pretty talented attack. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the best I've had in a long time um, in North Florida. Um, Parker Kane uh, is, is our, our little finisher. Um, Gavin Borey, um, who you, you've seen, you know, he's, he's been uh, a mainstay for us for a while. Um, and then um, uh, Dalen. <clears throat> Dalen's uh, um, an attackman from Six Nations, and um, he just brings an element that we really haven't seen around here. He's a great skeeter. Um, he's a solid finisher. And, and he's a um, junior, he has, Tom? He's a junior. He just has so much, and he's committed to JU. Um, so he's just got so much of that box game, and um, it's pretty cool to have him down there. Now, you know, we can do some different things that we haven't done before, so we're kind of working through that. So our offense um, is, you know, we're just kind of working on it and figuring out what's going to be best with what we can do. And then we have such a deep midfield. There's so many of them um, that are athletes that can get up and down. Um, you know, you, you have Spencer Surface, who I know you guys love. Um, <clears throat> you have uh, you have Caleb Coleman, who uh, we haven't played attack in midfield this year because he's so versatile. Um, and then, um, you know, we have Ethan Binns. We have uh, – we have, we have, we have towers, you know, we, we just have all these midfielders that can get up and down the field. So we're trying to really play to our strength there. Tom, how do you feel about the state of lacrosse in North Florida from top to bottom? Just where, where does it need some work and uh, where has it had successes? And, it, um, you know, we, all, just, we like to judge it by the kids playing in college, but there's so much more to that in terms of quality and commitment and numbers. Yeah, I just think for so long it's been Ponte Vedra, and, and a lot of that is, you know, all the hard work that you put in and that we've done over the years of just trying to build that youth program. And um, so it, it's forever, it's been PV and then everyone else. Um, I think what's happening now is that there's more teams that can compete, um, and the overall level of lacrosse is better. But, um, you know, you have a couple teams at the top that um, are just better than everyone else. Um, and I would love to see a time in North Florida lacrosse when um, we're not trying to bring all of these teams in um, or traveling so much when we can just play 10 or 12 games in North Florida that are just going to be a battle for everyone. And I just don't think we're there yet. I just think that, you know, the youth game has to develop more. And, um, you know, I just think that we just all have to like kind of buy into building this community more so that we can be more competitive. Hey, hey, Tom, it's Milo. Uh, just actually going over your schedule, talking about that, I'm looking at some of these teams, Cambridge, uh, South Walton, St. Thomas Moore, Catholic, Dublin, Jerome, Holy Trinity, Episcopal, and then Springside, Chestnut Hill Academy. Is this one of the toughest schedules that you've ever put together, or is it? where does it rank? Um, I would say it's up there. Um, you know, when I was – we were talking about this the other day, Coach Rambo, Silva, and I, and we were like, all right, you know, looking at the schedule, we could be 10 and eight going into the playoffs. And that's a good thing, right? Like uh, <clears throat> last year, I don't think we were challenged enough at bowls. And, um, you know, you have to have those, those losses and those battles and those close games. And, um, you know, the, I just really believe that iron sharpens iron and, and that's where you're going to be um, at the end. So <clears throat> I would say that for bowls, this is probably the toughest schedule we've ever had. Um, we kind of mirror the PV schedule a little bit just because when Coach Poe and I are trying to bring teams in, they usually want to play two games, right? They just don't want to come down for one game. So <laughs> we're kind of helping each other out and trying to get some good teams down here. Um, obviously, he's an upper Dublin guy, and, um, you know, Matt brought down Chestnut Hill. So if we can bring more teams like that here and 
Um, if, if you're a North, if you're a lacrosse fan in North Florida, I would try to be at those games at PV and Bowls. I just think it's going to be some great talent, and um, it'll really put our area, um, you know, up against some of the best teams in the country. Tom, how fun slash how hard is it for you to keep up with all the kids that you've coached along the way that are still playing in college? <laughs> um, it's great. I, you know, I, I it's um, it, it was a whole lot easier probably ten years ago. But um, now it's, um, it's, it's, it's almost like another full-time job because um, I'm just so proud of these boys, like, you know, seeing Dowd on TV, seeing Dylan Hess. And, uh, you know, um, I have kids that played for me that are coaching for me now. Um, it's, it's just great to, to see, um, you know, how lacrosse has developed, um, how good these guys are compared to the best players in the country. Um, and then just, they're just good men, you know, like uh, went to the Jags game with uh, – Tyler Sellers and, and, and Applegate. And it was just, it's great to see these guys that I coached. And now, you know, you're able to um, just see what wonderful human beings it turned into. Well, Tom, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Uh, we're looking forward to watching your team against Nice on Tuesday and then calling the game on Thursday. What time is that game Tuesday? Um, so it's 530. Max uh, um, switched it around. So it's going to be 530. Uh, the uh, is going to go first and then JV is going to go after. Perfect. Looking forward to it. All the best to you and uh, we'll see you this week. Thanks, guys. It'll be a great week. Get out and see some lacrosse. It will be. Thanks so much. That was Tom West, the head coach of the Bulls School. You know, it, it's always tough. I don't like talking about injuries. I know why coaches don't like talking about it. And so, you know, he – he doesn't want to tell Coach Gorowski what his lineup's going to be on Tuesday. I know Max had talked about trying to get some film and having some challenges getting film. So there's all this gamesmanship. And it's the same thing with JU. I just, I'm curious, but I, I understand why the coaches don't want to give up the information. So I feel uncomfortable asking when he says, when Tom mentions that um, he's missing some middies. And he told me this week that his backup goalie played well. So you can start to, you know, presume who's mm-hmm. in and who's out. But, it's high school lacrosse. There's lots of kids out there that have the capability of playing at a high level. So, you know, I'll tell you what, I don't know whether the concession stand at Nice is going to be open, but there's a Cantina Louie nearby, <laughs> our sponsor. There's an M Shack along the way. Yes, there is. Uh, so you'll be coaching JV that day? Did he, I think, oh no, I'm sorry, you're at Pontevedra. I'm so used to Tom being at Pontevedra when he said there's a JV game. Sorry. No, so I have a game Monday uh, down in St. Augustine, and then I think we play on Thursday. Okay, so, so you I think don't you'll think be I'm... able to go at 530 uh, to watch Nice versus Bulls? Yes, I will be there. Okay, good deal. Uh, so he had mentioned some players in college, and we like to keep an eye on it, and it's really hard. I'll, I'll tell you that for sure. I've got a list of the Division One players and got a makeshift makeshift list of Division Two and Three players, and so I try to – Check it out. Um, obviously, it's easy to follow Jack Dowd because he's just dominating right now. He, you know, through three games, and I'm not sure if he even played in that first game. It was a blowout. Uh, he was he was pointless. So I would just be surprised if he played that much. But uh, he, against Scranton in a 25 to 10 win, he had four goals and two assists. He's just having a huge season. He's got 10 goals and five assists on the season, and, and through basically through two games. And uh, he's a first-team preseason All-American at Salisbury. Uh, so it's really fun to watch Jack. He originally went to Furman, mm-hmm. definitely a Division One talent, and yeah. he found a home that he loves in Salisbury. 
Well, and there's nothing wrong with being at Salisbury. Salisbury's been at the top of Division Three for a, a long time. Well, I'll tell you how time. long. So their coach just won 600 games. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of games. He was the coach when I played against them for two years. That That's a long time ago, Chris. A long time ago. In 1989, uh, they beat us. I just looked it up. They beat us 15-9. to nine. I did not play in that game. I was warming the bench. <laughs> Funny story from that game. Uh, so uh, me and the other backup goalie, we used to stand on the bench uh, with our helmets off just you know, so we could see over the team. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so we're standing on the bench, and a couple of African-American uh, student athletes from Salisbury are walking behind us, and they start yelling to my coach, put the brother in, put the brother in, and they're, they're, they're talking to me. I've <laughs> got a nice tan on me. And uh, so we we got a kick out of that. So that's a common refrain from my old teammates, put the brother in. And then the next year, uh, I actually got to play in the game, and we beat Salisbury, uh, who's you know somewhat of a rival. You know, Coach Grinelli at JU, he spent some time at Cortland, and then he transferred to Salisbury and dominated in the national championship game for Coach Berkman um, and won the national championship against his old team, my team, but the, the point of that story was uh, I wanted to tell the uh, put the brother in story because I get a kick out of that. But Coach Berkman has been there since 1989. Uh, by the way, in 1989, I was eight years old. Okay, and so, I was a college lacrosse bench warmer. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. quite a while. Yeah, so, you know, Jack's up there having a great time, and it's so much fun to, to follow him. He's he's so talented. He seems like he keeps growing, too. I You know, I do see him at any time fitness in the offseason, mm-hmm. and uh, – yeah, he's he's working hard like all these kids do. Uh, Guy Bistro, a little bit of a surprising result. They lost to Alabama Huntsville, did St. Leo, by a score of 15-12. to 12. Uh, He had two goals and two assists, so he's constantly stacking up points. He's got three goals and four assists on the season. Uh, a little later today at noon, the local boys uh, for, that are at Notre Dame take on Cleveland State, so that's a noon game. Uh, anxious to see that one. Uh, Dobson had two goals against Marquette, so uh, he's he's been a prolific scorer for Notre Dame, first-line midi, and he changes the way teams have to play defense against Notre Dame. He can stretch the field with the cannon that he has, both hands, mm-hmm. uh, and then he can also you know penetrate and draw some slides, so it's really fun to watch uh, Eric Dobson, the former LAX 904 Player of the Year, do his thing. Uh, Queens plays Hampton today. And uh, it's a good chance for Queens to get their first victory. They've got a number of local players, uh, PV Bowls and the like. Um, well, well and, and the other thing is if there's any of the lacrosse dads out there that want to get their son's name on the radio, just you know, text into the show, let us know what your son did, give us our stat line, and we'll definitely mention it out. Just because there's so many different players uh, from this area, as, as you said, it's, it's hard to keep track of all of them. Yeah, the PV kid, uh, Nace. Uh, he's getting yep. a lot of time with Queens right now. It's shooting accuracy, maybe not so great. He's taking a lot of shots, but uh, shoot or shoot, and uh, eventually those shots will start to land. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Nace gets on the board today. So do you, Nace actually, uh, Jim Applegate, because I know he's listening, actually almost cut him on JV. I think it was sophomore Sounds year. Sounds about right. Uh, Tom, uh, I think it was Tom at the time, told him to keep him and they could work with him, and now he's playing uh, <laughs> Division One lacrosse. Yeah, Jim. Jim's got a lot of those success stories. Like he's he's coached so many of these kids throughout the year. Uh, just a, a couple other little anecdotes, and I, I sent this out in a video this week. I was at the Pontevedra Nice game, as I mentioned, and I saw Reed and Davis Smith 
they were uh, they were there mm-hmm. as fans watching uh, their former team and their brother's team uh, play. So it said hi to those guys. And I was up along the fence over towards the concession stand. And uh, Reese and his friend were leaving or heading towards the concession stand. And all the little PV kids, those jerseys are awesome, by the way. Whoever picked out those uh, Pontevedra youth jerseys, they look like something from Johns Hopkins in the 70s or 80s. Anyway, all of these kids, there's probably like 15 or 20 of them with their sticks, and they see Reed walking up, and they start saying, Coach Reed, that's my coach. And they were all so excited to see him. Did you see the two goals that Coach Reed had last week against Duke? And it was just a really cool thing to see. You know, to us, he's the, uh, you know, fifth-year grad goal scorer for Jacksonville University. But to those little kids, he's he's like a role model. Uh, he's Coach Reed. And mm-hmm. it was just a really cool scene. No, and, and that's what's great about Ponte Vedra, and, and I'm hoping that a lot of other schools do this, is I remember coaching against Reed Smith uh, when I was coaching at Nice, and he was at Ponte Vedra. And then obviously those great players go on to play great college lacrosse and then come back and then teach the next generation. So I think that really helps uh, this local area, uh, you know, get, get lacrosse much better. So in the last two days, uh, bouncing around the different fields that I've been at, um, just really interesting to see. Uh, there's been some lacrosse superstars that I've had a chance to talk to this week at games. So I'm going to name a couple of them, Team USA players, uh, legends of the game. So Yesterday at JU, I saw Dan Hardy, uh, Syracuse superstar, national champion, mm-hmm. played in the pros for over 10 years. I got to, I met him at a wedding up in New York last summer, so his, his brother's on Jacksonville, Will. Uh, so it was good to see uh, the legend Dan Hardy at the game yesterday. Another legend, Graham Gill, the Navy legend, mm-hmm. Team USA player, was up there. Uh, you know, he's busy over there at NAS Jacks in his naval career, but he was out there on a, a Saturday afternoon watching the game, so it was good to catch up with Graham Gill. That's uh, Those are some heavyweights. I saw Chris Bocklet at the Pontevedra game. Yep. Uh, I know he's been around coaching and doing a lot of things. I I um, I had not met him before. So Really? Yeah, we've we've passed and I've seen him, but uh, yesterday, or excuse me, whatever day it was, you actually got, my days. you got some time to talk to him? Uh, just briefly, yeah. you know, he says he follows uh, what we do on the radio and the newsletter and stuff. And, you know, I told him that, you know, I appreciate everything he's doing coaching around here. So it was just a nice little uh, interchange with a, with a lacrosse legend, mm-hmm. national champion from Virginia and yeah. so forth. And yeah, then he, uh, coach, he actually coaches Dante. He's uh, one of Dante's favorite coaches. So okay. I appreciate everything he does. Yeah. And then uh, obviously Coach Galloway, you know, talking with him before the game and talking to him on the radio. But th- th- those four guys, those aren't just like regular Oh, those guys were good college lacrosse players. Those are legitimate legends of the game mm-hmm. right here in, in town. Yeah, it's pretty crazy to think about that, what we have in, in you know the south in Jacksonville, Florida. So talking about let's switch over and just go through some Division One activity. And once again, we've got a couple minutes and we've got some open time here. If you've got any calls or questions, the Farrah and Farrah phone line is open at 904-641-1010, or you can text us as well. 904-641-1010. So, Chris, in the uh, college lacrosse scene, did anything surprise you or jump out at you? Oh, I, you know, I was just thinking I need to ask you that question, so I'm interested to see what you say. But for me, I think Penn against Georgetown. Penn beat Georgetown 9-7. to Georgetown preseason potential, you know, uh, championship-winning team. 
and now they're uh, they lost to Hopkins and then they lost to Penn, so they're not having a great start to the season. So that one really jumped out. at Dylan me. Dylan Hess has been a little quiet, and um, it's hard. I don't have a lot of time to follow and dig in to see did he have ground balls. I just know he's not showing up in the scoring line. So um, we'll keep an eye on uh, Georgetown. They were they have high expectations. Um, we've got a caller. We're going to go ahead and bring on one of the coaches of the UNF Ospreys, Coach Tucker Clancy. Tucker, how you doing this morning out there in Alabama? Oh, Foley, Alabama is beautiful, right? Wish you were here. Yeah. Uh, so you guys went two and zero yesterday. Did Swoop Nation? Yes, we did. It was uh, a good day. We got some of the guys um, starting to move the ball better. Still need a little work picking up ground balls, and uh, my defense finally uh, bailed out Applegate's offense again. Okay, I got a text <laughs> to the contrary earlier today, so. Uh, well, you know, he's a revision revisionist in history. So, you you guys, uh, I know that was a long trip over there. Two games yesterday, and I believe you have a game today. Uh, yeah, about one thirty your time. And who are you playing? Uh, East Texas State. Okay, so who who are a couple of the kids that are uh, you know showing out for the uh, for the Ospreys? Uh, Will Stanley's doing a bang up job. Brian Bauman. Is doing a bang-up job on the offensive side. Um, Sean Bennett, local Jacksonville kid, and Aiden Kermazinski are doing a great job. Well, Coach... Uh, Aiden's, a, Aiden's a transfer from Greensboro College. Coach, good deal. I, I need you to bring home that victory today and get the uh, trifecta and make that trip to Alabama worth it we're uh, running short on time right now we've got a couple of scores to get over with uh, but congratulations on the two wins yesterday thank you very much Ray that was coach Tucker Clancy one of the coaches of the UNF Ospreys and you know we we pick on Jim a little bit and Tucker but boy those guys volunteer their time they're traveling over to Alabama by bus mm-hmm. playing three games away from their friends and family uh you know, just credit to those guys. I hope they're not doing listening it for, right now. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and too. they do it for the love of the game. Uh, back to some of the Division One scores: Army over Rutgers. I'm in this little uh, pick'em contest with about eight guys. I'm in second place right now, but Army versus Rutgers, and it is against the the spread as well. But that one surprised me. My my old teammate, Coach Joel Barisi at Army, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big win for them because they they lost to open the season, and people were wondering what Army had. 14, just Army 14, Rutgers 13. So we, uh, you know, the other game that kind of surprised everybody, we mentioned it earlier, Manhattan over Navy. Yeah. Six to five. I don't know if it was a blizzard, a uh, snowstorm, or whether it was rain, a low scoring game. And uh, for, Na- you know, Manhattan's been creeping up. They've been getting better, but the Jaspers take down Navy. You have to dig in and find out what happened there. Well, also that, that Loyola. Uh, Johns Hopkins game you know that was a huge one Loyola beat Maryland and then they come back and beat Hopkins it's just been a crazy season in the background you can hear the hoodoo gurus they'll be live at River City Railway on Friday April 28th go ahead and get your tickets at 904ticks.com so we're gonna let the hoodoo gurus play in the background Chris, uh, I can't wait for the polls to come out. Jacksonville will stay. I think I I said last week they would be number 15, and where'd they end up? 15. Yep, so I think that they'll stay there. You know, we saw Maryland 15, Syracuse 12. Uh, that That's probably about right. 
Uh, Air Force from the ASON had a nice win over Colgate. Utah dropped one to Vermont. So a lot of great lacrosse action. Uh, you know, Jacksonville has next week off. We will be here on the radio talking more high school lacrosse. Did you say you had a game on Thursday? Yes. Okay, I need a broadcast partner for that Bulls-Pope game. I'll start recruiting. Maybe Dante one of the little, Rocco. One of the little Milo boys here can uh, like join me on the radio. <laughs> they got to start studying and doing show prep. That doesn't run in the family. Yes. For Coach John Galloway, for Chris Milo, for Coach Tom West, for the Milo boys, so. Rocco and Dante, have a great Sunday.